What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Monday, August 16th, and we are going to recap the entire weekend of preseason action. A ton of stuff going on. Felt like um, a lot of action, a lot of quarterback battles. That'll probably be the focus um, in this episode, by the way. Sponsored by... That's right. Bud Light! Oh, look at that. Joining us, Jordan Dejani, who's got his own Bud Light in his house. Nice work. How? I've got a Bud Light hat and a Bud Light light, but no. Uh, I actually have, this is kind of counterintuitive, but my Bud Light is in my um, Bud Light cooler, which just doesn't have any ice in it. Otherwise, I would drink a Bud Light with you. So um, instead, I'll enjoy a, a nice glass of ice water. Uh, if you want to join us, if you're listening, whether it's Monday morning or Monday afternoon, and you want to enjoy a Bud Light with us, go to BudLight.com slash delivery now to order. BudLight.com slash delivery. You go there. There's a plethora of options to get Bud Light delivered to your house, whether it's from a grocery store, Walmart. Uh, I don't know. There's a bunch of stuff. Amazon. Go to BudLight.com slash delivery and enjoy a brew with us. All right, Jordan. What's up? How you doing? What's going on, Brinson, man? Just wrapped up a nice week one of the 2021 NFL preseason. So now it's time to recklessly overreact to the quarterback battles and all the rookies we saw in action. So very excited for that. Do you feel like uh, football is here now as a result of the preseason action beginning? Because I sort of do. Yeah, I definitely do, especially seeing the new faces and new places, the rookies out there on the field in their uniforms, actually taking somewhat legitimate snaps against uh, players that are not their teammates. Yeah, I definitely feel like football is back. Yeah, uh, let's talk about those rookie quarterbacks, and we'll start with uh, Trevor Lawrence. I, it, look, there are the, these battles. The, you know, we've heard Urban Meyer say there's a battle between Trevor Lawrence and Gardner Minshew. I'm not buying into that. I do believe that Cam Newton and Mac Jones – uh, Zach Wilson doesn't have a battle, but Trey Lance, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Justin Fields, Andy Dalton are all legitimate battles that can turn over the course of these next few weeks in the preseason, potentially. Um, Lawrence, though, is, is going to win the job. He only played a, a, only played two series, which was kind of surprising that uh, Urban Meyer wanted to get that much of a look at Gardner Minshew instead of getting Trevor Lawrence reps. I understand you don't want to get him hurt. Uh, but that also indicates that Trevor Lawrence is winning the job. He went six and nine for 71 yards. A fumble actually came on the first snap and uh, ended up with being sacked twice. But I thought CJ Beathard got the majority of the, the, the action there in, uh, in Jacksonville. You see the box score. If you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six, you can see Debo's posting our fantastic CBS sports game tracker there. And you know, when you're, when you got Kyle Laletta, CJ and CJ Beathard getting most of the uh, the snaps. You know that you're probably dealing with uh, a preseason game or or a late season game. Lawrence, so I gotta tell you, uh, Jordan, I thought he looked really sharp and he made some big boy throws. I don't think that anything he could have done would have surprised me. That's just how high I have the bar for Trevor Lawrence. So it was possible for him to disappoint me in this game and, and not live up to expectations, but I thought he did live up to expectations. And certainly you saw the talent early on uh, inherent in Trevor Lawrence, but this is not a competition, right? Right. And what you said kind of hit the nail on the head since he only played for two series and started the game. I think we can put away all that 
Crazy talk about if there's a legitimate quarterback competition in Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence is going to be the guy. We all know that. So, you know, I thought since he only played two series, we don't have too much to really go off of and overreact to compared to some of the other rookie quarterbacks. That's just what happens when you're the number one overall pick. I saw he had a really nice 10-yard first down strike on like third and long. Uh, the other thing that I really took away was he had a nice 35-yard completion of Marvin Jones Jr., who looks like his most trusted target, by the way, hint, yeah. hint, if you like fantasy football. If there is one thing that I could criticize Trevor Lawrence for, it's that I thought he held the ball too long. Um, and we even saw that on some of his good plays where he held the ball too long, just in my opinion. But I do think that's something that can be – that is fixable. I think that's something that's going to come naturally as you figure out how to go through your progression at the next level with your receivers that you've been working with for a few months. Um, but again, there just really wasn't too much for us to really go off of, to overreact to. He got sacked like twice, I think. But but you said it. You know, he looked sharp on certain plays. He did what he was supposed to do out there in his first NFL action. Yeah. And I, I, I the other thing, the other takeaway I had from this, just watching it, I know the Jaguars – didn't you know they didn't score early in fact they didn't score until the fourth quarter uh when the game was 16 nothing cleveland and so it was cj bethard that did all that had uh, cj bethard had one touchdown pass to tavon austin which again tells you all about you know about the preseason and uh, uh jake luton had a touchdown pass as well in that fourth quarter so lawrence didn't actually score any points but i could sort of see the semblance of a pretty imp- maybe surprisingly impressive Jaguars offense if Lawrence lives up to the billing and I'm um, for fantasy purposes I think I'm kind of bumping the Jaguars up a little bit like I have more interest in Travis Etienne who's going to see a ton of catches I, I thought you saw uh, the flashes he only had three you know three targets two catches 14 yards for LaVisca Chenault though but they used him on a bubble screen um, James Robinson got some carries so that's that's certainly good you know because there's some certainly concern that he might be uh, you know, a little bit lost in the in the shuffle with ETN coming in. And as you point out, Marvin Jones, man, he could be like you could you could get a Marvin Jones, Trevor Lawrence stack in in if you're doing best ball like on underdog, or if you're just doing regular fantasy for nothing. I mean, that it costs nothing to get a Marvin Jones, Trevor Lawrence, uh, even LaVisca uh, stack there with DJ Charcoal banged up. I think Marvin Jones is the sort of dude you can get as a wide receiver three type that is could pay off big time dividends as a, as a deep threat for that team. So I'm sort of coming back. I'm sort of getting in on the Jaguars and maybe I'm late to that uh, fantasy bandwagon, but it doesn't feel like there's a lot of hype surrounding them, just that they would they're kind of an enigma, right? Yeah, no, I don't think you're late to it at all. And, you know, just looking and surveying the roster just on paper, you can see that talent is there on both sides of the ball, really. I mean, you name the receivers. DJ Chark has legitimate wide receiver one potential. I thought Marvin Jones Jr., who we've been talking about, was one of the more underrated signings of the offseason. Like, I, I hypothesized he would be a true and trusted target for Trevor Lawrence, and I thought we saw that just from the jump. So that was good to see. LaVisca Chenault, as you mentioned. Then we got James Robinson, Travis Etienne. Those are guys who all can make impacts on any given Sunday in my mind. And if Trevor Lawrence coming in can provide some level of consistency and either playmaking ability in year one, then that Jaguars offense is something that you know could have some high-scoring games. The talent is there. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is the defense, while maybe it takes a small step forward, I don't think will be particularly good which means that Trevor Lawrence will probably be throwing the ball a ton and we could see them put up a bunch of points. Jaguars uh, overs could be an, a good look early in the season if you're betting them. And I think there'll be a little I, – I, I could see 
Jacksonville being a little similar to the Bengals early on before Joe Burrow got hurt last year, where they were putting up a bunch of points. They stayed in games and they were better than you think, but they were still bad and but kind of fun to watch. So I'm I'm coming back around to the Jaguars. My my uh, irrational distaste for Urban Meyer has probably left me um, on the outside looking in for the Jaguars until now, as I've swerved back onto this. I don't know why I'm calling it a bandwagon. They're going to stand. I mean, they're not going to be good. Um, I, I don't actually, you know what? I don't, I don't mind a little eight to one Jacksonville to win the AFC South. Honestly, I don't think it's going to happen, but the Texans are trash. The Colts don't, you know, are, are certainly a concern with the injuries to Wentz and Quentin Nelson. And I don't know. Maybe the Titans aren't that great. So I, I don't hate that. Uh, Trey Lance. Interesting stat line for the 49ers. 5 of 14, 128 yards. 5 of 14, not good uh, in terms of accuracy and passing numbers, uh, but did have an 80-yard bomb of a touchdown that was a laser on it, just a laser rope. Sacked four times uh, and had three wide receiver drops. I, I don't think – I thought Trey Lance acquitted himself pretty well and, you know, probably is is pressing Jimmy Garoppolo. I'll still hold firm on the idea that Kyle Shanahan is going to start Jimmy G in week one and let him play until it looks like either Trevor Lawrence just takes takes over the job or injury or poor performance by Jimmy G. Uh, what say you on the Jimmy G Trey Lance front? No, I agree with you. I think that Trey Lance is definitely pushing Jimmy Garoppolo, but I'll go ahead and pencil in Jimmy Garoppolo starting week one. I think that's just their philosophy. I think that's the, the, or the direction that they're going to go. But man, Trey Lance. So you, you mentioned the stat line, 5 of 14. He did suffer through a couple of drops. Not that impressive, but... 128 yards, including that 80-yard bomb to Trent Sherfield. I got to talk about Trent Sherfield for a second because that appears to be Trey Lance's go-to guy when he's pushing down the field. We saw that in training camp when Trey Lance lit up social media a couple weeks ago. It was this across-his-body throw like 50 yards down the field in the air. That went to Trent Sherfield as well. So that could be an interesting flyer late in your fantasy draft depending on number of people in your league. But, man, Trey Lance is a guy who wants to take the top off of defenses. That has been established now. In fact, in his press conference after the game, he mentioned that Kyle Shanahan dialed up some explosive plays that he was unable to take advantage of. So when those two guys get on the same page, this 49ers offense could really take the top off of defenses. We, we talked about this the other podcast. I mean, they got a dynamic duo, a budding duo at wide receiver, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel. We know what George Kittle is capable of. This, this offense has – some serious potential to be explosive, but I do think Jimmy Garoppolo starts in week one, but Trey Lance is going to replace him at some point in the 2021 season. Yeah. I mean, it's, if he doesn't replace Jimmy Garoppolo, and I, I think there's a pathway where he doesn't look at Alex Smith in 2017. It means that the 49ers are 13 and four <laughs> worst case or, or, you know, uh, 12, even 12 and five might not get it done depending on when the losses happen. I agree with you on, on Lance. I think more than likely he takes over the job. I think Kyle Shanahan has always had this particular plan in mind that he wanted to operate with. And Trey Lance is giving him some fits because he didn't expect this rookie who's coming from an FCS school and hasn't really just played like two football games in two years to be as look as sharp as he has early on. I think what we will see from the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan has openly said this. And I know that people are big on the Kyle Shanahan as a, as a, as a lying SOB right now thing because of the whole Mac Jones smokescreen. But Kyle Shanahan has said, we are going to build packages for Trey Lance. So, you know, however that can impact uh, fantasy betting, whatever it is, I think you can expect to see 80-20 right now. I think that's the 
that's the men for Trey Lance, just in terms of the snaps that he'll see on the field. And Kyle, I mean, I don't know how much I believe this. Kyle Shanahan said, I can't remember, I think I was reading in the athletic, maybe, but Shanahan said this stuff. And then Jimmy G and Trey Lance were both like, that's cool with us. If he wants to do two quarterbacks, it's unusual. We've never done it, but we'll play along. I, I don't know if I don't know how the team will buy in. That's uh I think it worked once for Urban Meyer with Chris Leak and Tim Tebow. Do you buy or sell the idea that uh, the, the 49ers can use two quarterbacks or I guess Taysom Hill style, maybe? No, I'm selling that. Yep. 80 20 sounds really ambitious, but what, what we do know is that Trey Lance is going to be getting some reps. Like he, he the, I remember people were blowing up Twitter because he maybe actually it's 90 snaps, right? Maybe, yeah. I mean, I still think that could be a little much. Like, he's going to see the field as, like, a decoy wide receiver like Lamar Jackson when he was a rookie. He's going to run with the ball. That was something they were implementing with the first-team offense, the 49ers, a week or two ago. So we're going to see him see the field. But, I mean, 90-10 sounds way more realistic than 80-20. But he's going to be worked in at least somewhat. Now, I mean, now I'm like sort of just ripping off numbers. Like, 80-20. I should look. I mean, all right, so – Let's see if uh, Jimmy G had in 2019 when the 49ers were good, he had, and again, we're predicating all this on, on the 49ers being good. He had 1,056 snaps that he took. That is 99% of the offensive snaps. We divide that by 16. So 66 snaps per game. So if you do, so that'd be, th- yeah, maybe 80 is too much. 80, 20 is too much. That'd be 13 snaps per game for Trey Lance. I was thinking more like, yeah, I think I think 90, 10, maybe 90, 93, 7, maybe. <laughs> just, I, I, I think that Kyle Shanahan, here's how I think he'll build it out. I think Jimmy G will be the starter. Trey Lance will have a set of plays that he is going to be used on. Mm-hmm. If Trey Lance comes out on the field for a drive, and man, this would be crazy to do this at the NFL level, out because really Taysom Hill – Taysom Hill doesn't do drives, you know? He just comes running on for one play. If they bring Trey Lance out there for, let's say, a first down when they get the ball, I sort of wonder if Kyle Shanahan will script out a drive and have Trey Lance finish. In other words, you would essentially be putting – you would be pressing a defense in a a way that they aren't usually pressed by having – you know, Trey Lance on the field for one series and then Jimmy G on the field for one series and leaning into their strengths. I, I don't, it sounds kind of insane, but here's, here's my ice cold take presented by Bud Light. It's so insane. It just might work. The only reason I'm buying into this again, ice cold take presented by Bud Light is that this Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo dual quarterback idea can work. It can live. It can, they can coexist on the field together on varying snaps a la Tebow and Leak in a way that will force defenses to repair series to series, drive to drive to adjust to what Jimmy G does, to adjust to what Trey Lance does. And I, I don't know that Jimmy G is necessarily more dynamic in any kind of fashion, but I think he's probably more accurate. Trey Lance is so dangerous with his legs that if you have a, if you have a defensive game plan, and all of a sudden they change the quarterback up and they change it back and forth, you're kind of reeling as a defensive coordinator. So because it's Kyle Shanahan, because they have the weapons around him, that's it. I'm buying in. I'm buying into the two-quarterback system in the NFL working in San Francisco. That's my ice-cold take presented by Bud Light. I can't wait to be wrong in week one. I, I weirdly like this take. I, I, think it, I think it could work as well. Now, if they do it, it's kind of another story. But what you said about – having Jimmy Garoppolo kind of start the drive and then Trey Lance in some ways finish it for lack of a better word. 
that's interesting, especially when you get down to the red zone, if you can do different things with your quarterback as Trey Lance. But I want to put this on record, too, because I think I know how this quarterback situation <laughs> is going gonna, is gonna to end out, okay? I think that Jim, we both agree that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to start in week one against the Lions. I think he is on a very short leash. So oh, yeah. In week three, when they play the Packers, week four, Seahawks, week five, 49er, or sorry, Cardinals. Um, if he struggles during those games or whatever, whenever he's taken out, whenever he's benched, if he's struggling and Trey Lance comes in, that's when Trey Lance wins the job. And that's when he's named the starter for the very next week. So where's, where's the over-under of games Jimmy Garoppolo starts? Because I think it could happen in week four, week five, or week six or so. As soon as Jimmy Garoppolo struggles and the offense is coming to a halt, they're going to insert Trey Lance, and that's when they don't look back. The other thing about that take, too, and I, I kind of like the idea, and I do agree, if they go to – if they go to Trey Lance as the starter. You don't, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to, uh, you know, go back. You're not going to alternate quarterbacking with Jimmy G unless you're just losing games. That's the one thing I think that Kyle Shanahan will be cognizant of and careful with is that if he goes to Trey Lance in week five and the team is three and one or, you know, four and oh, if it's two and two, no one will care. But if it's three and one or four and oh, and you go to him in week five against the Cardinals and then you lose three or four games, you have a problem on your hands. So you have to be a little cautious with that. Uh, their buy is week six. I do like the idea that Kyle Shanahan would wait until the last possible second in weeks three, four, or five and drop the news that Trey Lance is starting over Jimmy Garoppolo on either the Packers or one of the division rivals, the Seahawks or the Cardinals. I think that makes a lot of sense because you would – you would you would get a leg up because you would be forcing a defense to prepare for something they didn't think they were going to get in short time. So uh, all of that's going to be interesting. And by the way, look, if this is, um, you know, the 2019 Browns doing this, we're ridiculing them. You know, Freddie Kitchens is trying to pull this off. We're like, this idiot thinks you can run two quarterbacks in the NFL? Who does he think he is? But because it's Kyle Shanahan, we're like, yeah, it just might be crazy enough to work. All right, to the next rookie, Justin Fields. And uh, I should point out, too, if it feels like we're only talking about rookie quarterbacks and quarterback competitions, that's kind of just what happened this weekend. Like, that was the over overarching storylines from the weekend. Justin Fields has Bears fans in a tizzy. They have uh, bronze. He is, he is actually uh, – there's a petition out there to dip him in bronze and send him straight to Canton. Send his bus to Canton. It's over. 14 of 20 for 142 yards, one TD, five rushes for 33 yards, and a rushing touchdown. He also had a fumble. I thought about making my ice cold take presented by Bud Light that the that Bears fans are overrating Justin Fields' performance, but I didn't feel like I needed to have Bears fans attack me this early in the in the proceedings of the full season. Your thoughts? So, I mean, yeah, that that take could work. about the overrated part, not about <laughs> right, right. I mean, yeah, we could we could overrate this, but at the same time, I did think that his first NFL action was impressive. The stat line looks impressive. He was he was he, he was he played really well. It was yes, it was. yes. And here's here's my takeaway: is that he adds something to this offense. He's more dynamic. He used his feet. He's somebody who wants to push the ball down the field. He's exciting is the bottom line. I think that's what we saw in that week one of the preseason. He wants to make the big play. And on the other hand, you have Andy Dalton, who went two of four for 18 yards. I get it's the preseason. I get he's the starter. You're not going to see a lot out of him. 
But Justin Fields went out there, and yeah, he turned the ball over once with a bad fumble, but I thought he did exactly what he wanted to in terms of scoring multiple touchdowns, getting the fans excited, making plays, pushing the ball down the field. That's who Justin Fields is. And I really – I know that they think they're married to Andy Dalton week one, but I wonder if Justin Fields, if he has another incredible pre or not incredible, but good preseason game over the next two weeks, will that, will, could the bears potentially reconsider their game plan? Yeah. I mean, the other obvious uh, hot take or ice cold take, excuse me, there's in by Bud Light would have been to say the bears need to start Justin Fields. That feels pretty obvious. The yeah. one reason I would, so I'm concerned about this Fields Dalton situation primarily because when you look at what the Bears have on their schedule, week one at in Los Angeles at the Rams, that's a tough matchup. The Rams are going to be a good defense. You have Aaron, like, do you really want a rookie's first start to be hello? Welcome to Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. I mean, that's tough. But after that, in week two, they had the Bengals at home. They're at the Browns, improved defense, but I don't think necessarily, you know, a top top five unit or anything. Uh, and they have the Lions at home, and they're at the Raiders. Those are very winnable games for the Bears. Now, if you struggle out of the gate, and in the week six you decide we have to go to fields because we're not winning games, you have the Packers at home, not good, at the Buccaneers, very bad, the 49ers at home, also not good, and at the Steelers. I, I don't think the Steelers are going to be great, but those are four really tough games against experienced veteran uh, defensive teams, whereas in the first five weeks, you get the Bengals, Lions, and Raiders. If I'm picking who Justin Fields is going against, I want him to go against the. I want him to wet his, you know, uh, you know, cut his teeth on the 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 Raiders and the Lions and the Bengals. So, I, I I think it's a mistake not to play him out of the gate, and I also think it's probably a mistake that the Bears are going to make, regardless of how he looks in the preseason. Yep, I agree with that. And you know, while you mentioned a week one opponent is is going to be really tough against the, the number one defense in the league last year, at the same time, a rookie has to get his feet wet. I, I don't care if you're playing any any NFL defense week one. I mean, that, that's going to be somewhat of a challenge that you haven't faced before in the regular season. So you have to you can try to pick and choose where you want to insert your rookie, but at the same time, I think Fields has that potential to be actually be the quarterback who pushes the ball down the field, scores points for your offense, and puts your team in a position to win. That's what that's kind of the big mindset you're supposed to have as a head coach or GM, and, and that's why I would be reconsidering my game plan if I'm the Bears. Any thoughts on uh, Tua and the Dolphins? It was notable to me that we Miles, I think Miles Gaskin, you know, for, from a fantasy perspective, that the, uh, that the Dolphins didn't – they used Malcolm Brown as their number one running back. That's something to keep an eye on. Uh, over the course of the preseason, I think maybe uh, I think um, I'm somehow forgetting the coach of the Miami Dolphins name, uh, Flores. Brian Flores, uh, spaced on his, my, my brain went went blank there. Uh, I, I, he sort of said like we the way he described it was like, well, I was sort of tossed about there and like see what happens. That's something to watch for because Gaskin is going in the running back two range and people are treating him as a, a viable candidate. But then he got four. Uh, four catches. He had four catches for 19, excuse me, four rushes for 19 yards and then was targeted, I believe, twice in the passing game. So he'll have that that factor. But if, uh, you know, if Ahmed and, and, and Malcolm Brown are getting more carries, that's something to watch for from a fantasy perspective. 
No, yeah, I agree. And I'm glad you brought that up. And I think that a lot of people were anticipating Gaskin's fantasy stock was going to drop just because of the additions they made. And he can't really, you know, live up to what he did last year. But even though it's week one of the preseason and I don't want to overreact, I thought that kind of confirmed it for me. If they're not running a two back system, maybe Gaskin could be more the guy who catches the ball. That's good for PPR. But at the same time, I thought his stock was much higher last year. So I agree. That's something to keep an eye on. But when it comes to Tua, he had ups and downs. Uh, I don't think that I can come to a, a reasonable conclusion, you know, good or bad. He had ups and downs. He made a really bad interception in the end zone, but at the same time, he had some good passes toward, towards the outside. And that's going to be interesting to watch when we get Will Fuller and Jalen Waddle back in the mix. That's when we, that's where we want to see improvement for Tua is taking shots downfield in an accurate way, putting those speedsters in positions to score. Uh, I thought that Mike Gusecki, he had a huge play, I think 50 yard catch, uh, that's he's, I call him a security blanket, but he's not really a security blanket because he's a, he's a dynamic one. He's somebody who can go down the field. So he's obviously comfortable with Mike Gusecki. That's something that's at least going to help to, uh, hopefully he gets more familiar with throwing the ball to the outside. So there were ups and downs. Um, but I guess, I think we were kind of expecting to see that out of Tua in week one of the preseason. Yeah, it would have been surprising if Tua just came out and lit things up. But there's been a, a drumbeat, though, where, where people are sort of getting on this Tua bandwagon that he could have a really good season. We'll, we'll see how that uh, plays out. Lynn Bowden, by the way, five targets, four catches, 47 yards. I don't know if you know this. He's a uh, combination. I of love Ross, Randy, well, we talked about this. Yeah, the uh, yeah. who the, the Raiders guy, or no. Oh, no, Lynn Bowden was drafted by the Raiders. That's what we were talking about before. We're, yeah, we're talking about Brian Edwards. I Brian think, Edwards Lynn is Bowden. the combination of uh, Terrell Owens and Randy Moss. That's right. Lynn Bowden is was the guy who was, who was dumped off by the Raiders before after they spent a high pick on him before he played it down. I was uh, going to say, wasn't he in that Charlotte Bowl game where he, he was playing quarterback for Kentucky? He played quarterback, wide receiver, running back, dynamic offensive weapon. I loved when he went to the NFL. For a second, I thought you were referring to the NC State Bowl game, and I was about to kick you off the podcast. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't do All that. Right, look how this is uh, proof. Russell Wilson actually uh, played NC state you see that these are this is a stadium cup from russell wilson's days in in raleigh just another so, uh, so yeah should he claim nc state or claim wisconsin that's a big debate that's why he does uh well it depends if he's playing well or being if he's playing well and not being weird nc state if he's if he's playing like crap and, and being a weirdo off the field uh he can have wisconsin but uh, <laughs> that's why he says whole pack of badgers because he didn't want to offend anyone Zach Wilson, six of nine for 63 yards for the New York Jets in their rousing 12 to seven victory over the New York football giants. Um, he actually didn't, he only played uh, one or two series, I believe, which is kind of strange because I, I don't understand why these, why these teams aren't given, even if they're the presumptive starters, why you're not giving rookie quarterbacks more reps. I, I get it. I mean, I understand you, um, you know, would like to, you know, make sure they don't get hurt, but these are the only reps that they can get right now. It's very bizarre to me. No, I agree with you. I would have played him for at least a little, a couple more series, no doubt about that, just to get their feet wet against, you know, the first legitimate NFL action that they're having. But at the same time, they are getting the starters treatment. And I think that, you know, they're going to get more run over the next two preseason games. So I guess it's not that big of a deal, but when it comes to Wilson's performance, uh, you know, it reminded me what we were just talking about with Trevor Lawrence. There's not a lot to go off of because he didn't play as much. But at the same time, I thought this was a very important showing because we all know that huge national story that he struggled in that first outing in the green and white scrimmage. He went like 11 of 24, 
threw two picks, scored three points on seven possessions against the first team defense. So a lot of people, while they're getting excited watching Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, how is Zach Wilson going to fare? So I thought it was important that he came out there. He looked calm. He had six completions to five different receivers. That's important. He did have one or two bad throws, but at the same time, he spread it out. I thought he made some good tosses. Uh, he proved that he was bigger than the narrative or the potential narrative that he could come in and maybe struggle. Yeah. And he, I mean, he just is going to be the starter. You know, they don't, they just don't have anyone else. Like they don't, they have made it abundantly clear that they are going with Zach Wilson and he is going to play 16 games. And if they, if he gets hurt, if he stinks, he stinks and they just work through it. And I, I understand how, I understand why, you know, you, you play 16 games with Zach Wilson and if it's, a, it's sort of a, Win win, as I do air quotes there. Uh, Bree takes to say bunny ear quotes. You know, it's a win if Zach Wilson's good, obviously, and it's a little bit of a win if Zach Wilson doesn't play well enough for you to f- succeed in football games and to come away with victories. And therefore, you get a high draft pick and you can you know give him some more talent to work with. Uh, one I thought very notable because the reports from beat writers thus far in camp had been that Denzel Mims was the, I believe, sixth or seventh. <laughs> right, we serve on the depth chart, which is oh. insane for a second-round pick from the current GM uh, who only got to play with Adam Gase and uh, uh, Sam Darnold last year. And Mims had four targets, three catches, 51 yards. I would posit, Jordan, that any uh, talk about Mims – as uh, being buried on the depth chart was actually is actually more motivational than anything, and perhaps it succeeded early on. No, I think that I think you're probably right about that. I mean, Mims is a kid that they are trying to motivate because they have a lot of stock in him. They think he has that potential to be a number one wideout. So they they want to bring him along as they bring in their new quarterback as well, try to establish that chemistry. But at the same time, there are some good names on that, you know, in that wide receiving core that the Jets have to work with, which is something that we couldn't say last year. So. He's a player to watch moving forward, especially in the preseason. Agreed. And if he, I, I don't, I don't buy the, the the possibility of him being cut. I just, I just, I don't. No, I don't. I don't either. He, there's too much invested in him. You give him another year with a new coaching staff. That doesn't make any sense to me. Mac Jones finally 13 of 19, 87 passing yards for McCorkle. Is McCorkle Jones the fourth. Something. He's, he's McCorkle, and he's and he's uh. He's got a he's got a number a Roman numeral after his name I know that much uh, he actually finished with no touchdown or no interception but I believe did lead a scoring drive this game was notable because friggin Ron Rivera screwed me by calling timeouts as Bill Belichick was kneeling the ball in a meaningless situation Belichick was on the sideline mfing him like crazy trying not to let the cameras catch him he was mumbling it you know just mm. and immediately after Rivera calls the timeouts Belichick runs power right to Ramondre Stevenson he rips off a 91 yard touchdown run am I over my excuse me, my under is busted so thanks for nothing riverboat no, he ruined my under. I was on the same thing you were too. So I was upset to see that, but that was an incredible night by that Ramondre Stevenson guy. I mean, 127 rushing yards, two yeah. touchdowns. The Patriots love their running backs and they love to have many on their active roster. So that's another guy. I think everyone's excited to watch. He lit up Twitter after he did that 91 yard touchdown run. But in terms of Mac Jones, I was actually very impressed by him. This was a game I obviously was watching because um, I got ties to Washington, and he went 13 and 19, 87 yards. The biggest thing is I didn't know what to expect out of this kid, right? I don't know how to I don't know how to break down Alabama quarterbacks because they're working with NFL talent out wide, yeah. in front, and behind them. So 
I just don't believe you can even break down and, and try to see which of these Alabama quarterbacks is going to be good at the next level or bad at the next level. So when Mac Jones came in, his first throw was way underthrown. The receiver was able to save it, but they still ruled it incomplete. But from there on, he looked very comfortable. I thought he looked legitimately poised. He had a really good deep ball as well. I don't know if you saw this. Down the left sideline, like 50 yards in the air. It couldn't have been placed any better, but the coverage was A+. plus. The receiver dropped it. Um, but I thought that, you know, he at least tried to push the ball down the field. There was another throw that really stuck out to me. Washington was playing in like a cover two zone and he split the second and third levels, the linebackers and safeties that were coming down to hit Kendrick Bourne. I, I believe it was a really good throw uh, that I didn't expect to see a rookie quarterback making, taking chances against that defense with a slant. Um, so I was really impressed with Mac Jones. The other thing that everyone kept talking about, because, you know, Cam Newton obviously is competing against him. That stat you saw, the average depth of target, 7.6 yards against 0.7 yard for Cam Newton. So we saw, we, saw Mac, we saw Mac Jones come in and push the ball down the field, make things happen on offense. And we weren't able to see that last year with Cam Newton. So a lot of people, including myself, are kind of on the, the train saying that Cam Newton's kind of shot. Mac Jones should be in a legitimate quarterback battle here. Maybe start week one. I was impressed with what I saw in his first NFL showing. Yeah, McCorkle is definitely putting a little pressure on Bill Belichick to make a decision. I, I still think, uh, similar to um, Kyle Shanahan and, and maybe similar to the Bears, too, and I've been saying this a bunch, and I'll keep saying it until they prove me differently, that it's more likely – for Bill Belichick and Kyle Shanahan and Matt Nagy to go with the veteran starter. Because if you put the veteran in there and he wins games, it's great. You've got a rookie who can sit and learn and sort of, you know, catch up mentally and, 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 and to get more practice reps as you prepare for eventually starting. And if, if you start the rookie and, and then look, if you're losing games, you're like, all right, let's go to the rookie and see what he's got. If you start the rookie out of the gates in week one and he loses games, do you then have to bench a rookie quarterback, a first round rookie quarterback for Cam Newton or Jimmy G because you're trying to win games? So because of their like for the Jets, it's easy. You're just playing Zach Wilson. And it doesn't matter if you win games or lose games. You are trying to see what Zach Wilson has. The Patriots and the 49ers and the Bears do it. Yeah, the Bears for sure, actually, are walking more of a tightrope where they have to try to win games but also see what the rookies got. So that's, I just don't think those coaches will aggressively push to play that rookie uh, out of the gate, but maybe, you know, Mac Jones could certainly prove me wrong. And so could uh, Justin Fields and um, Trey Lance for sure. But I, I, I think that's what we'll get. Summer is here. I mean, it's only one thing. It's time to stock the coolers and start counting down the days until we can enjoy a nice cold Bud Light in an NFL stadium. By our count, only 24 days are remaining until we can hear a beer vendor yelling about ice cold Bud Light. And to help you take summer by the coolers and get ready to tailgate, Bud Light is giving away coolers all summer long. Every single day, you can have a chance to win a cooler. That's right, free coolers all summer long. Throw away that dusty old ice box you have in the back of your garage and tailgate in style this fall. And all you have to do for a chance to win the cooler, which, by the way, holds a ton of ice. It's gigantic. It holds a ton of Bud Light uh, that you can share with your friends responsibly. It's bear proof. The ice will last for nine days. To get that, to have a chance to win a cooler, go to BudLightLegends.com. Sign up and enter there. That's BudLightLegends.com. All right, Jordan, let's dive into some other notable action from the weekend. The Ravens, J Johnny Harbs, the cover gowled. 
He just can't stop covering in the preseason. I bet him. As I told people, bet the Ravens. I got to see what I, I write down the picks that Wilson and I made. Oh, here we go. All right, let's see how I did. So, Ravens, minus three and a half. Winner. Clip Chargers under, 33 and a half. Winner. Lions minus one. That is a tough loser. I buy in Wilson's theory about Dan Campbell being a preseason monster. That, that they should have, they should have covered that. Um, uh, Ravens, uh, Ravens two and a half. Sorry. Okay, I was about to say. Okay, yeah, they won by three. They covered it the last yeah. second. It was a BS cover. Sorry, sorry, sorry. My handwriting is crap. That's why. <laughs> well, I was going to say this. I, I betted it two and a half like two weeks ago. For the second the Lions got up, I was, I'm just blindly betting John Harbaugh because he's the preseason cover machine. Uh, the Lions should have covered and should have won. The Bills had a field goal that that probably shouldn't happen the jaguars did not cover and were never really in that game oh ouch panthers plus one and a half i mean oh that should have covered the colts were being tryhards at the end of that game that's annoying that that didn't hit and uh green bay minus three and a half did did not hit i um should yeah i i got I i lost money i lost money last night for sure and I was going to say this. I was going to say won, this. I won money last night because the Lions was on. Um, I, I also should be uh, in full disclosure. Right? I posted this on like the Action app or whatever. But when the Packers sent out their depth chart for who was playing and not playing, it was very clear the Texans were going to win that game. Yeah, I lost money on that one. Uh, the other thing I was going to say is I don't even know if you're aware of this, but I wrote 900 words for CBSSports.com on why the Saints would beat the Ravens. And I even called you out by name. Oh. The conclusion of that article saying that I was going to be a contrarian, like Will Brinson and everybody's blind betting the Ravens. And I laid out my entire argument and I was wrong. And I caught flack for it and I was so disappointed. I went well, straight to bed like 10 o'clock last night. You weren't wrong. I mean, you were wrong. You were technically <laughs> like, very much wrong. But uh, I think Baltimore scored with what they have uh, six minutes left in the game. Huntley runs up the middle for a touchdown and they get a two point conversion to cover by three. I mean, like the saints should have won the game. Saints should have covered the game. Baltimore looked dead in the water the whole time. And they magically pulled it off. Um, and I, and obviously I think anyone who listens to this podcast would know that I'm uh, not certainly narcissistic enough to have a Google alert for my name. Therefore I would know that you wrote it. But the problem is when they do the, in, when they do the uh, embeds of the podcast and articles, it always says, Will Brinson and da, da, da. So I just don't check anymore. So for all I know, uh, I'm being like, you know, viciously obliterated by people in, in various news things. Um, but I, 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 I had not seen it, but uh, I would say you were on the right side of that bet and I was on the wrong side of the bet. And just Johnny Harps' uh, magic just happens happens to come through in that spot. Uh, we talked about Tua. Jordan Love, 12 of 17, 122 yards and a touchdown for the Packers. As we mentioned, the Texans rolled Green Bay Love also had an MRI, MRI on his shoulder, I believe, but it was came back clean. So I think he's fine, man. I mean, you know, he was he was he was fine, but it was a stark reminder that this Packers team, these the Packers would have been idiots, idiots to let Aaron, to trade Aaron Rodgers or let or, or let Aaron Rodgers walk away from football. Yeah, I, I agree. But yeah, when it came to Love's performance, um, I actually thought it was good. Uh, he had one touchdown throw. He looked raw. He definitely looked raw, but he looks his athleticism was on full display, in my opinion. And like he uses that in his vision. He he was really good at stepping up into the pocket, looking to his left for dump offs, 
he had a couple of good plays that, that definitely turned my head. So, I mean, yeah, you're right. There's, there's a reason that the Packers, they, it's so good they got Aaron Rodgers back because it wouldn't have probably fared well if Jordan Love was out there starting. But I think that there's some potential there. So I'm excited to see what he does in the future moving forward. Yeah. I, I, I mean, look, I agree with you. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't like horrible. It's just if you go into, and Aaron Rodgers wasn't good in his first preseason action ever when he replaced or his first preseason action when he replaced Brett Favre. So you can't read that much into it, even against suspect Texans defense, as we point out. Green Bay didn't play anybody. So Rod, uh, you know, Love is working with, you know, starting behind the eight ball because of who he's who he's playing with. Uh, I, I, I just think that this team is ready to win now. And if they were trying to win with Jordan Love in 2021, it would be problematic from a standpoint that, um, you know, you you just don't know what you're going to get week to week. And they're in a much better spot. That was his first, first time taking an NFL snap in any type of game. There's no preseason last year. Uh, the Saints... Trotted out Taysom Hill, 8 of 12 for 81 yards and interception. He got sacked once. And Jameis Winston, 9 of 12 for 96 yards, a TD and a pick. You uh, you told people to bet on the Saints. I think that – but no, no, I mean, I think the Saints are a good bet moving forward in the preseason because Sean Payton needs to know what he's going to do with these quarterbacks. And so these guys are going to get pretty reasonable run. Maybe Saints' first half bets are the way to go because – you know, two very motivated quarterbacks who are in a familiar system with good talent around them. Ian Book, you saw 9-16 for 126 in a pick uh, in the second half. I don't know that I want to bet on the Saints if Ian Book is going to be getting, you know, 20 pass attempts a game. But if, if it's going to be, you know, if Jameis gets a half and Taysom gets a half, I'll take the Saints a good spread. I think they're going to, I think they're going to be motivated out there. I was confused because a big part of my argument I wrote was that their quarterback room was going to be good because they also, I thought they had Trevor Simeon there and I was expecting him to come in Man. and lead a potential game winning drive. But instead it was Ian book again. And he threw a pick on the perspective or potential game winning drive. So that stunk for me, yeah. but you know, but it's interesting. Like uh, Taysom Hill looked bad to me. Taysom Hill did not have a good outing. Um, I think James, multi- James is the guy. James is yeah. The guy. We, we both agree with that. I was surprised though, that Taysom Hill looked, that bad two turnovers on the first two drives of the game one was a fumble not his fault then he threw a pick on another could have been picked off one or even two more times Jameis Winston's interception wasn't even necessarily his fault it bounced off a shoulder pad so yeah I thought Jameis Winston is up on the quarterback battle there for sure the other thing man this hurts me even more six turnovers six turnovers by the Saints and they lost by three points that's rough that's rough um, one thing that's worth noting too here, I was listening to uh, Establish the Runs podcast with Evan Silva and Adam Levitan, and Silva had spoken with Nick Underhill, who does a great job. I think it's nola-football.com is his site, you independent. You should definitely check it out. He's very plugged into the Saints and, and does a great job covering them. Um, Underhill had sort of, in, their, in Evan's conversation with Nick, um, basically, it sounds like this Saints-Michael Thomas thing might be legitimate like, like it might be a legitimate beef with the team maybe it doesn't matter maybe he comes back from injury uh, i am probably gonna avoid um picking him up in fantasy and i i think too if you're if you're looking at futures and there's this you know cloud this confusion over Jameis versus Taysom, and they're not gonna have who knows how much time how many games michael thomas is actually gonna play in i'm worried about i i, I don't think this i don't want to be high on the saints coming into the season uh, even alvin kamara I think it'll be fine if Jameis is the quarterback, but ugh, man, the Saints are the Saints are perplexing. If they were coached by somebody, uh, uh, if they were coached by Mike McCarthy instead of Sean Payton, 
I would be fully out on the Saints. The Broncos have a quarterback battle as well. Teddy Bridgewater, seven of eight for 74 yards and a TD, but it was Drew Locke, I thought, who got most of the uh, the buzz going out there, and he looks sharp. I mean, he's it, everyone knows he's got a live arm, and it was live. He had a K.J. Hamler on a bomb down the field that was a really, really nice throw. Five of seven, 151 yards, and two touchdowns. Could have been three. They went for it on fourth and short, fourth and two, I think, and um, – they ran a slant to Jerry Judy and Locke kind of hit him a little on the inside and just didn't get it far enough out where Judy could beat his man and ended up being a, a turnover on downs. But it generally speaking, I was impressed with Drew Locke and would expect that he is probably as I anticipated going to be the guy in week one because he gives him a higher ceiling. And if he struggles, they go to Teddy. No, I think so too. And yeah, that, that, Touchdown pass to KJ Hamler. I swore the ball was in the air for like a hundred yards. That was yeah. a huge pass. And KJ Hamler, by the way, that, that's not a preseason name. That's a kid who's going to be play a role on this offense. Penn State slot receiver, two catches, 105 yards, and a touchdown. A Another really guy. good uh, best ball target. Good fantasy target. I don't know why I'm like sprinkling these. I mean, I, I guess I do. It's fantasy. <laughs> but like, if you're doing underdog fantasy best ball, which is my new obsession, uh, Hamler's a great target. Because he has high, he has such, he's going to have spike weeks. I don't think he's going to be consistent week right. to week in terms of his production, but he's going to catch these deep bombs. Uh, and as much as we don't like Penn State on this podcast, we do like KJ Hamler. No doubt about that. Another guy, Trinity Benson, caught two touchdowns. Apparently, some beat writers are high on him. The real story, though, and yes, I agree with you, Drew Locke, I think he's going to be the winner. Both quarterbacks look sharp. That was good to see. It was an entertaining game. But the real story, how about Patrick Sertan? The second, his first NFL game, two passes defense that were very clutch, and then one pick six. You love to see it because a lot of Broncos fans didn't like this pick because they saw Justin Fields out there. They wanted a quarterback. Patrick Sertan comes in and scores a touchdown in his first preseason game from the quarterback spot. I think he was the number one corner in that class. It's great to see him get off to a hot start. Yeah. And, you know, if you're if for the Carolina Panthers, a little game pressure, right? Because, yeah, uh, you know, JC Horn, who they took over Patrick Sertan, uh, played on uh, Sunday. I don't think he had a pick six. I'm 90% sure he didn't have a pick six. Uh, maybe 100% sure he didn't have a pick six. But um, the, the point being is that, you know, if you take one cornerback over another and the next guy goes the very next pick, those two dudes are going to be compared moving forward. And Sertan, he, I mean, he just jumped the route. It was perfect, you know, timed it perfectly, and he was housebound, uh, you know. Never, you know, never in doubt. It's just a great play. And if if he's if he's ready, if he's out of the box, ready to be an impact defender, the Broncos defense is gonna be good. If there is a pathway where if Locke takes a step and that defense is healthy and as good as we think it is, where the Broncos are a 10 plus one team, I have people are sort of out on them, but I, I don't think we should completely discount Denver being a threat in the division. No, I'm, I'm glad That's you said season hype right there, by the way. Yeah, I did a thing for CBSSports.com this offseason where I ranked all the talent of the rosters, 1 to 32, and I didn't take the quarterback into consideration, you know, because quarterbacks are the more most important position, but I didn't elevate their status for this project. The Broncos came in at number 13 for me, and I wanted to put them in the top 10 because I think this defense could be one of the best in the NFL. They have a young and upcoming wide receiving core that I like. We spoke about Noah Font earlier, top 10 tight end. Their running back room is going to be great. Javante looks awesome too. He's a rookie out of UNC. If, if they get a quarterback, and that's why everyone was betting those Super Bowl flyers when Aaron Rodgers was up in the air, because the Broncos have that kind of potential. 
So I, I'm with you. This Broncos team looks really good. You, you're almost hoping that they can figure out the quarterback spot because this could be a really fun team to watch. Yeah, and Aaron Rodgers wanted to go to Denver. The interesting wrinkle here is that, and not that Aaron Rodgers won't be able to get a job el- elsewhere, but if for some reason Drew Locke does take a leap forward and becomes a viable starter in the NFL, Aaron Rodgers ain't going to Denver because the Broncos are going to keep the young guy. Who, you know, if, if Drew Locke leads the Broncos to the playoffs, one, Teddy Bridgewater is looking for playing for another team next year. Two, Aaron Rodgers ain't come to Denver because as good as Aaron Rodgers is, if you have a young quarterback who takes a big step forward, you're not just going to uh, ditch him for one year, even if you maybe think that maybe they would. I, I, I think that, I think they might hold off. We'll see. Uh, that's that's a long ways down the road. Um, any other thoughts? Here's yeah. Sam Ellinger, maybe. He Talk was great. Quarterbacks, I guess. He was great. Yeah. Um, I, I, um, yeah, I just, I just did something for the Colts yesterday. So, he, I mean, they have a legitimate backup quarterback competition on their hands and Ellinger came in and I thought well, maybe starter depending on what, when Wentz is right. Yeah. Right. Right. It started for week one or week two, maybe, yeah. but Ellinger came in threw a pick on his first or second drive. It was gross. And then all of a sudden he spurned this incredible comeback. He got in a rhythm and found a former teammate of his 47 yards. I think his name was Tariq Black, 47 yards down yep. the field, then put this awesome ball, perfect placement. Uh, a guy made a one-handed catch between two defenders that led to the touchdown. He, he sparked a comeback by himself and then obviously did the game-winning drive to secure the game-winning field goal. He was impressive. When he found a rhythm, uh, he looked pretty damn good. And Jacob Beeson had a good outing as well. So that's going to be something I have an eye on moving forward as well. Yeah, I'm with you there. Just trying to think if there's any more Anything else that stood out from sort of the weekend's games? I think I got a couple for you if you want. Fire away by all all means. Did you watch the uh, Arizona Cardinals Dallas Cowboys game? I thought that was actually kind of entertaining. Yeah, I uh, I will confess that I was at my parents' house and we had the game on, but my dad and I were out on the sun port, like their porch, watching it with the TV on, but not you know we weren't like watching it like it was a game. We were having you know chatting it up and maybe drinking some nice scotch and sort of you know, forgot to pay attention to the entire game. But yes, I, I, I did. I did watch it. My dad's like, who's that quarterback for the, for the Cardinals? I'm like, I think it's Colt McCoy. I'm not sure. Yeah. And I, I love that game. Cause the Cardinals were not hiding their playbook. Like they were running like reverses to Rondell Moore play action stuff. They made Colt McCoy look like a really athletic quarterback at times. Mm. It was fun to watch, but almost like he's filling in for Kyler Murray. Yes, exactly. And Rondell Moore really impressed me. Uh, 39 total yards, three catches. They're going to use him a lot in different ways. And I think he's going to take touches away uh, from Christian Kirk. The other receiver I wanted to talk about real quickly. Or maybe Larry Fitzgerald. Or Larry Fitzgerald. That's true. I'm serious. Like people are like, oh, like AJ Green's replacing Larry Fitzgerald. But it's possible that because they've been used, they use fits in short yardage and slot stuff. Um, so if you bring in Rondell Moore and have him do that, you know, throw, him, throw him screens. I mean, give him, you know, give him, get the ball in his hands in space. I mean, I, I think Cliff Kingsbury will be good and knowledgeable enough to do that. I hope. Yeah, that actually does make a lot of sense. Uh, the other receiver I want to talk about, Eagles wide out, Quez Watkins. That, that kid is really impressive to me. Um, it's funny because he had one catch for 79-yard touchdown. He would have had another 98-yard touchdown if Jalen Hurts could hit an open wide receiver downfield. Uh-uh. He was on a different level. And I think he's going to be someone to watch this year. He's a six-round pick out of Southern Miss. Last year, he caught just seven passes for 106 yards and one score. Um, but, I mean, that means two out of his last eight catches have gone for long touchdowns. He looks like a legitimate home run hitter. Jalen Hurts came out to the media and said, hey, man, we, we, dropped, we dropped the ball here. 
Quez Watkins is not a secret anymore. People know about him. So him and Devontae Smith on the outside could be really interesting to watch. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, do you have any thoughts on the uh, the Eagles and Quez Watkins? We need we need an extra receiver. It's not going to be our guy JJ. So I'm I'm excited for anyone to to step up. Um, so yeah, I had, a, had a regular look. I don't I didn't see. I was watching the Washington uh, New England game more than. Okay. I mean, Quez was the one that stood out. Obviously, Devontae Smith did not play. So Rager had, you know, a, a couple moments. I think he could be a guy for the the slot that they look at this year. And and Hertz did what I needed to see. He had a couple drops. Um, but everybody that suggests Joe Flacco be the starter should should not talk about football. <laughs> yeah. That's do people say that? Small, small percentage, but it's 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 ah, out there. Blood on yourself. Yeah. I mean, if you're like Joe Flacco needs a starter for Jalen Hurts, you you have you have that is that's not a that's not a take. I'm gonna I'll put toss this name. out I'm there. Not, I'm put Bud Light's name on that cold take. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I'll toss this out there, and this is something I said on draft night. The Eagles, along with other teams, will regret not taking Justin Fields when they had the chance to. I think that is accurate and fair. Uh, the Panthers. I mean, yeah. you. The Broncos at least got that certain pick six. But if you're the Panthers, you're like, oh, what if we take in Justin Fields? We'd be feeling pretty good about things in our life right now. Um, I agree with you. I think I think Fields will be good. I just hate that he went to the Bears. <laughs> the Bears shouldn't have nice. Bears fans shouldn't have nice things. People like Matt Snyder and Tom Fernelli, Sean. Beep, and this, what are we doing? These so this this confirms the, the rivalry, the feud continues into 2021, right? Yeah, yes, until they start. I'm not going to root against Justin Fields. I don't want to do that. Okay. Does that seem fair? Yeah. Like a quarterback can change my mind about a franchise very quickly. Like I want, I'm, I'm perfectly fine rooting against the Bears. Now I like would prefer to root against the, the Vikings, honestly, because of other, you know, reasons. Vikings and the Colts. Those are your two teams. Vikings, you're right. The Vikings and the Colts are kind of on my radar. Although I did have that ice cold Bud Light take about, the Vikings being better than the Packers. That's kind of concerning. I, I would like a uh, a mulligan on that one. You don't get mulligans on ice cold takes. No, you don't, do you? <laughs> <laughs> sure don't. All right. Uh, that'll do it for the show. Oh, you know, I didn't see a snap of uh, Seattle, Las Vegas. And it, as I'm perusing the stat line, it doesn't appear that I'm going to be watching a snap of the because uh, the, Derek Carr and uh, Russell Wilson did not play. Hmm. Uh, any other? I got one more storyline for oh, you. Fire, you fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Everyone, I'm not sure how many people actually watched the Titans Falcons preseason game, but the you should go look at the box score of the Falcons quarterbacks. Felipe Franks, rookie quarterback, played at Florida, then went to Arkansas, Ugh. finished with 16 passing yards, and he played the entire second half. But he led his team in rushing yards with 76. A pretty fascinating game to watch. Every 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 drop back he had, instead of trying to fire to his receiver on his first or second read, he tucked and run. And uh, he, he led the Falcons with 76 rushing yards. They fell 23 to 3, 16 passing yards, and that was two passing yards up until I think the final drive of the game. So that was pretty fascinating thing to watch. But as I, as Debo and I were talking about, people are already photoshopping pictures of him and Mike Vick next to each other. So <laughs> impressive performance on the ground. I snarfed when I heard you suggest that Felipe Franks is, is essentially Mike Vick. But I, <laughs> fun, fun, probably not true. The that was a, I had the Falcons in that game. That game was ugh, 
Um, not great. Oh, uh, I would say this too. The the reason that I got on for those that missed the podcast last week, the reason that I got on the under in Chargers and Rams is that notably, uh, Sean McVay doesn't play his starters in the preseason. He just doesn't want to do it. He thinks that they're prepared enough already that they're going to get hurt. There's nobody of note playing for the Rams in this game. Brandon Staley, the Chargers coach, comes from Sean McVay's team. And he also said, I ain't playing anybody either. So I think we should be looking at Chargers and Rams games for under spots. They don't, they're not going to score a bunch of points. They don't, he doesn't care about racking up preseason points. He doesn't care about, you know, I mean, they're just, they're just not going to play a bunch. You know, they had uh, eight possessions by the Rams. Only one went more than 10 plays and only uh, zero, zero of them were more than 50 yards long. If you look at the chargers, they actually had a, you know, this, this helps your, uh, under, of course, when you have a 21 play, 73 yard drive that that results in a field goal to start the game, that that always helps the under. Uh, but then only one more possession by the by the Chargers was 10 plays or more. It was exactly 10, and only two more possessions were above 50 yards. One resulted in a touchdown. But th- neither of these teams are trying to score that hard. They're not going to be using their starters. So I think that's a a targeting point for a week two of the preseason. I was trying to see if um. We could find a if I could find a number. Let me look on. Uh, well, I was going to ask this too. Do you think we're done seeing all these unders hit? Because a lot of people anticipate that we're actually going to start seeing more overs come week two. Yeah, I would. Oh, yeah, yeah. I do not think because unders were unders killed in week one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Crushed. I would not go out and blindly bet a bunch of unders because of week one of the preseason, because in week two, we are going to start seeing, this is how it works. I mean, week one, you don't play your starters. Week two, you sort of ramp up a bit. Week three, you give them maybe a full half. And then week four, nobody plays. And there's no week four now, obviously. But I think week two week two is not the time to blindly go out and bet unders. I, I do think you are more likely to see overs hit. But um, because of, this is just regular season games. I don't want regular season. I want freaking preseason. Um but because of the Chargers and Rams situation, I would be interested in uh, potentially betting those unders. Okay, I was curious about. No, 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 but you're right. Do not, yeah, do not go out and blindly bet. Uh, do not go out and blindly bet a bunch of unders because week one went <laughs> up. It's very possible we see a bunch of overs in week two. Uh, all right, good stuff, Jordan. As always, always a fun chat with you, buddy. Well, uh, that's week one of the preseason. We'll be back tomorrow, of course, with more NFL content. We're going to preview the 2021 year. Jordan, as always, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it, Will. Thank you.